morning, everybody, and welcome to the third episode today of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Uh, if you listen to action items and non-action items, this is a continuation of where I left off at at the end of that episode. I didn't get into much depth. You don't need to go back and listen to that to pick up on this one. Uh, I was talking about having a regenerated heart and what it meant to be saved. The, the last episode was certainly more secular in nature. We talked about um, how to make progress, how to achieve your goals, not to talk too much, how to be about it, uh, and how to separate items and action uh, things that you should do and that you shouldn't do to make progress. But you know, one thing I talked about was having action items with your spirituality. And, you know, I said a non-action item as well. So basically, action item with your spirituality, you know, you wake up every morning, you pray, you spend time with God, you read your Bible. I said, just like going to the gym, but cheating on your diet, if you go and you watch porn three or four times that day and then get drunk, that's not really much evidence that you're making progress. Does that make sense? So what I want to focus on right now is how do you know that you're saved? How do you know that you're truly saved as a Christian? So I'm speaking to people that are um, in a walk with God, want to be in a walk with God, or even if you're not, even if you're not a Christian, I want you to listen to this episode because you never know, you know, some of the seed falls on the ground, on the road, and it's trampled underfoot. Some of it falls in the rocks and doesn't grow. Some of it falls amongst the weeds and is choked out some of the seed falls in fertile soil. So I will continue to talk about God. I will continue to talk about Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection of the gospel. And I'm not a perfect person, but I'm going to use my platform to talk about these things. Because I, if I reach one person and I lose 100 viewers, it was all worth it. it was if, I lose, if I lose my entire viewership and save one person, it's worth it. So how do you know that you're saved? In my opinion, and it's not even my opinion, it's, 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 as far as I'm concerned, it's very biblical. And I can point to example, to example, to example. A lot of people think that being saved means like you're perfect, right? Well, so that's one camp. One camp of people that don't really know what it means to be saved thinks that it's like you never sin. They think of Mother Teresa they think of this pious little old lady sitting in the in the pew at church who's never said a swear word before, right? And those people could all very well be saved. Other people think it's because you said a prayer when you were seven years old at church. Well, I said the prayer. I accepted Jesus into my heart. So, you know, I'm going to heaven. Some people think that it's a certain it's a list of action items well if i pray and i go to church i'm going to go to heaven if i read my bible uh once a week if we go to church especially on christmas and easter you know i'm, I'm going to heaven and especially the last two i mentioned the one-time prayer and the list of action items if that's where you're putting your hope of salvation i've got some really bad news for you. I've got some really bad news for you. How you know this is, I'm going to, because I struggled with this and I'm, I'm, I've read the Bible front to back many, many times and I'm not one of those people that's like, I've read it front to back many, many times. I've never read it once. 
I read it every morning. I read it every night. I've studied it. I've looked into the Greek translations. I know the Bible in Greek a little bit, not fully, but I, I understand it uh, to some degree. Uh, I've looked at the most original translations. I've spent a lot of time on this. And for years, I didn't know how to be saved. The one-time prayer thing never made sense to me. And that actually pushed me away from God. That, and it, nothing pushed, that, that caused me, myself, to walk away from the Lord for a stretch of three to four years when I was in college. Because, you know, one of the big questions I would get from my atheist pals at this liberal university was what, so you say this prayer one time and I can murder 15 people and I'm going to heaven? And I was never able to answer that question. And I, I struggled a lot, a lot when I was younger because, and I had some great leaders in church. And, my, and, and now, I mean, that now my dad could give you an answer for anything. My dad has done such a great job with the development of his faith. Uh, but I could tell you for a long time, I had many questions that nobody had an answer to. And that kind of kind of walked away a little bit uh, as a result of that, of my own volition. Nobody... People blame other people. Well, because my dad smoked and drank, but he said he was a Christian. My dad didn't do either of those things. It just has. Because he said he was a Christian. I'm not a Christian because my dad smoked and drank and said he was. And he said mean things to me. So now, no. I walked away on my own because I'm responsible for the choices that I make. Nobody else. Okay? <laughs> people are so stupid. Anyways. He made me do it. No. No, you did it. You did it. How do you know you're saved? Here we go. Just passed dead to sin, alive to God. Wow. Just passed the sign. Oh, how many times is this going to happen? Just passed the sign. I've never seen that sign before. Dead to sin, alive to God, Romans 8. Which is exactly where I was going to talk about today was Romans 6, 7, and 8. How many more live coincidences do you guys have to hear me experience before you start to really listen to what I have to say about God? Like how many times is this, what's that, three or four times in the past two weeks I've been on with you guys live and something wacky has happened like that? The evidence of salvation is an evidence of a change, is evidence of a changed heart. This doesn't mean that when you get saved, all of the sudden, you stop struggling with addiction. You stop struggling with pornography. You stop struggling with drugs and alcohol. You stop struggling with lying and cursing. And you stop struggling with stealing. You stop. Doesn't mean that it all just stops. But your heart attitude and what you desire does a complete 180. That doesn't mean that overnight I drop all of my bad habits and I reach a level of saintly perfection. Even the Apostle Paul in Romans, I believe it's 6, it's either 6 or 7, talks about, I don't do what I should do, and I do what I ought not do. And he basically says, I hate myself for it. I can't stand it. I'm such, I'm such, I'm so frustrated. And he says, because we're under sin, because we're in the flesh. And the problem is, is people think that they, on their own accord, of their own accord, can earn somehow their salvation. That you could somehow do enough good works to earn it. 
here's the thing. If I drop a little droplet of cyanide in your water bottle, were you going to drink that? Of course not. What if we dump that water bottle into a gallon jug? Would you drink it then? What if we dump that gallon jug into a five-gallon container? Would you drink it then? No. What if we dump that five-gallon container into a hundred-gallon container? Would you take a sip of that water? It's a hundred gallons now. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you right now? That little drop of cyanide would prevent me from drinking any amount of water. No matter if it's in a shot glass or my cold plunge tub. That's sin. It doesn't matter how much what you think good works are that you pile on on top of it. It doesn't make that go away. So what are you saying, Mike? Are we completely and utterly hopeless to save ourselves? Absolutely. 100%. You, I, nobody. The only person that lived a good enough life, a perfect life, was just set him up to be the perfect sacrifice and atonement for us is Jesus. Nobody else. No saint. Nobody. Not Mother Mary. Not a, nobody lived a perfect life like Jesus Christ did, which means that all of us are completely and utterly unable, because if you break one part of the law, you break the whole thing, Paul says. You break one part, you're guilty of breaking all of it. So the evidence that we are saved isn't moral perfection, isn't how many good things that we do, although those things not that we're going to be perfect, but it, it increased moral aptitude, let's call it. An increased amount of good works that we do should be natural fruit of being saved. But let's talk about the root, not the fruit. The root of salvation is a changed heart attitude grounded in an unwavering faith in the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's at the very core. That's the seed that in the ground that births the root, births the root and then the fruit is faith in Jesus Christ that I know I am completely and totally unable to save myself that there's nothing I can do. But I don't have to worry about myself because I have Jesus. The root, then, is the evidence of that faith is a changed heart attitude. Now, just like Paul said, I do things that I shouldn't do. You're not going to be perfect. But what happens? He hates the things that he shouldn't do, that he finds himself doing sometimes. See, when you're unsaved, you love your sin. You love it. You love doing bad things. You love it. You secretly in your heart, you've made an idol out of the things, whether it could be something as seemingly innocuous as gossip to a full-blown drug addiction or sexual promiscuity. You love to do it. People, you know, God says that people exhaust themselves thinking of new ways to sin. And once you're saved... It flip-flops. You begin often many times people that are lost very deeply in sin, love their sin so much, they hate God. They hate God. The evidence of a changed, regenerated heart is that flip-flop, that 
I might still sin, but I hate it. I hate to disappoint God. I hate to disappoint him just like I would hate as a child to disappoint my father, my earthly father. And although I may still find myself sinning sometimes like I often do, I hate it. I'm disgusted with myself and I want nothing to do with it. And I I find myself going back to God and begging and pleading for forgiveness. Not just because I'm afraid of going to hell. I know that I'm saved because I'm upset that I've disappointed my Heavenly Father. So to sum this episode up, the way that you know that you are truly saved is an entire 180 of your heart attitudes when it comes to doing right and doing wrong. Doing what we are commanded to do and commanded not to do. And from that heart attitude, all of the great fruit, charity, love, um, empathy, all the good things and and giving and all these things are, are all fruit. But the root has to be in the right soil, the right seed. So, to sum it up, a faith, an unwavering faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, an understanding of our complete, it's called total depravity, that we are totally depraved, and that the only thing that can save us is a faith in Jesus Christ. And when we have that faith in Jesus, we have a 180-degree heart attitude change. We start to hate sin and love God, and from that we bear good fruit in our lives. All right, I love you guys. Hopefully this episode makes an impact. If you have questions on this, do not hesitate to reach out. Let's get it.